What's good, everyone? Alex Chateras here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And we have to discuss the New York Knickerbockers, man, because guess what? We saw some spectacular things from our team this week. We're on a three-game winning streak going into the weekend. We just beat the Washington Wizards twice. We beat, we beat the depleted Milwaukee Bucks, but don't matter. The Knicks are doing something great, and we have to really cherish the moment. However... We have some somber news, of course. Mitchell Robinson with a fractured foot or broken foot. We're not sure yet. We're going to get more clarification later today. But him going down is changing the outlook of this team on whether or not we do need a center. And we really do need a center at this point in the backup role or whatever that may be. But we also got to talk about the hot fire that's been Alec Burks as well. So we'll get into all of that and then obviously talk about the upcoming slate. Uh, for this upcoming week, excluding uh, the game on Monday because we covered that in the last podcast, so go check it on there. But then, John, what do we got for et cetera today? Oh, man, that Mitch news is so tough. Um, for et cetera today, we have, we're have we going to talk about – I mean, at this point, we just cannot avoid them. Man. We've got to talk about the Brooklyn Nets and the addition of the Avengers uh, that they got going on over there. Um, and – Coincidentally, they're also playing on the Tuesday night NBA TNT slate, so we'll get into all that in the et cetera portion. That sounds great, John. All right, Ricey, let's kick this thing off. Good everyone, Alex Chateras here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets Etc. Podcast. And with me is always my buddy, my co-host, my pal, the man with the plan, the dude who really now has a valid case for needing a backup center, John Malika. What's going on, bro? What's up, man? What's what's going on with you? I'm 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 good. Uh had we had such a good Knicks week. Um, especially after that horrendous ref week, but oh man, I, I've never been so upset to be right about needing a center. I did not want it to go down like this, but man, I mean, we are all D Rose right now. I am D Rose. If you just watch the press conference, that's me. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you 100%, John. When I saw, oh my God, I don't know how you couldn't feel the same emotions as D Rose. You know, those guys didn't know that Mitch either fractured or broke his foot. Uh, we're going to get more clarification today, as I said in the earlier part of this podcast. Um, but man, that live reaction by D Rose, that it's definitely all of us. Um, Mitch, you know, he just battled back from a fractured hand, a freak injury, you know, his hand hitting Julius Randle's uh, iron elbow. And now, you know, he made a good basketball play and then just freak incident of fracturing his foot, man. And, you know, our thoughts go out to Mitch. We hope for you to have a speedy recovery. We want you back, buddy. You've been a defensive anchor. You you were really having a standout season. And we just hope to see you come back better than ever, whether it's the remainder of this season um, or next season, where we hope that you can show that why you're considered like a foundational piece and be that defense, defensive anchor of this team. Um, you got anything else to add on to that, John? Or Because it's really it really sucks, man. It really sucks okay. we lost Mitchell Robinson. He was really having such a great season it, it, like I, I don't know what else to say man like it, yeah. it just sucks yeah uh, it definitely sucks um just for i mean just for the the business side of things it especially sucks for him because it's a contract year for him right he was looking for that huge deal coming up so it really stinks man um and it's too early i don't want to talk about it but he's gonna get the injury prone slap 
you know, onto his name. Um, so it, it sucks. And it really sucks because, you know, the Knicks are a fifth seed. And we, we look better with him on the court. But we also, like, we, we're a fifth seed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's a, that, those are just the facts. There's only 20 games left. And the chemistry is already there. The defense... The understanding the system is already there. Like he was going to be the perfect addition, you know, back right into this lineup. And we were just like anxiously waiting, anxiously waiting. And then to just have it like fall right on its face, like it just, oh man, it, it really is tough. It's time like a hamstring. You know what I mean? Where you get like, okay, yeah. two, three weeks, like an ankle. It's like a broken foot. Like, damn, dude. Like, absolutely. They pulled the rug right, they, I think they pulled the rug right out of our like run. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. It sucks. And the thing is that I know he's going to get tagged with the injury prone label. And I don't know how, honestly, how, how good that is. Like I, he missed 15 games, uh, his first season with the Knicks. Then he only missed five games last season. And this season's just really just been like one of those anomaly seasons. I don't know if necessarily the injury prone, like, is he injury prone? I don't necessarily think he is. Um, he's been healthy for uh, shout out to our, our guy Schwinn over at Pod Strickland. He type he sent this today for the you know the 194 games that he was eligible for. Uh, he played 158. That's 81 percent of the season uh, of games that he's played. So injury prone, you know, debatable at this point for such a young career. But this season in itself, it, it just sucks. But you know what the the thing of him being injured right now, right? This is kind of what happened to Steph Curry with the ankle, right? Where Steph Curry couldn't stay on the court because of his ankle ankle injuries. And now he's been, you know, on the court for most of the time. And the point that we don't have to discuss today, because I think it's too raw to even discuss it, um, but it will impact his contract negotiation standpoint, as you pointed out. So we'll see how it goes moving forward. Maybe it's like you get like that uh, Steph Curry deal where, you know, they give you that, well, you've been injured, you know, last season and during like, yeah, he has one more year of his contract. This is a time where the Knicks could have extended him, but it, it's going to impact his negotiations for sure. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. And it, it sucks to be in this spot. Do you think that the Knicks doing well and specifically Noel and sometimes Taj is sort of an indictment on Mitch. Like he's sort of replaceable. No, because before he got injured, he was really a part, key factor in this team. Um, and you saw that he made improvement. I mean, when we lost Mitch, it was during at a nice soft spot of the season too. I mean, sure you could, you, yep. I mean, the, the case is there, right? Where you had Noel who played admirably for that long stretch, but Noel wasn't starting most of the time. It was Mitch who was getting 28-plus minutes a game. Erlens came in for, you know, he wasn't really doing much when he came in at the beginning of the season, but he showed out for this stretch, this four- to five-week stretch when Mitch was gone and, once again, played really well yesterday. So, but I think we also got to put into context, like, teams that he's played. Like, he played well yesterday, but they also played Milwaukee Bucks who were, you know, down. I mean, he had, sure, he had to go against Brooke Lopez first parts of the game, but I, it's hard because you could, you could see what Mitch brings to the court. Um, but we can't say we can't diminish what Mitch has done because most of those wins came under Mitch when he was starting at center. So it's tough, but I, I think we all got to 
evaluate that in total. I think that's what the front office is going to do. You know, you heard Tibbs talk about him saying that, you know, he liked the strides that he made. He's talking highly of him. Uh, they decided, you know, initially they weren't going to pursue Drummond because they had three guys that they liked. They liked the chemistry of the locker room. So they definitely see him as value. They definitely want to evaluate him. Um, the thing is that, unfortunately, he loses time, right? The part of this is that you lose time with an injury. So any contract negotiation that we, we're bringing up is that you lose time with that saying, well, we don't know what we could have done the rest of the season. He had a really good game against the Wizards before going down again. Prior to this, he had another really good game before he got injured, also against the Wizards. So, but he also has had like good games here. And he's had, he's, defensively, it doesn't show up in the stat sheet, you know, like, like offensively, but he has good games, right? But we'll see. We'll see how it, next season is really going to be the testament because I don't know how you can go, if you're the Knicks, say, yeah, sure, we'll extend you right now. I think now it's, you know, if they do extend, it's like, look, you got to go on a bargain deal because we haven't seen like a lot, we saw a lot of improvement this season from your past two seasons, but it's just not enough to justify giving you a big contract unless he wants to play it out and really bet on himself the following season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be on a team friendly extension. And not only that, he's going to be on a tradable contract extension also. Uh, but we'll, you know, we can, we, we can move on, but you, you, you mentioned, you mentioned his name, man. And I want to, I want to get into him because, you know, the, not all the trade deadline is done, but the the buyout situation is really uh, a minute by minute, you know, evolving news story. Um, mm-hmm. Just before yesterday, like you said, they were talking about, you know, the three headed monster. Which you know, if Mitch was healthy, like we, everyone said, you know, it would have been fine. Mitch Noel, and then th- sprinkle in Taj for you know those gritty minutes, or if someone's in foul trouble, no problem, and he can get the DNPs, and it's no big deal. You know, I, I get that strategy. Um, but now that, and then, so Drummond, so LaMarcus Aldridge chose the Nets, which we'll get into in the center portion. And then we have LaMarcus, because the Knicks decided on that strategy, we have LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, we have, um, Andre Drummond deciding, okay, I'm going to go to the Lakers where Anthony Davis is injured. So I can start for now. Then I kind of get a little bit on the bench, but I'll have a championship run. I'll make about 2 million. And then I'll figure out, you know, I'll just be a regular old free agent and figure it all out in the offseason rather than go with the Knicks now. Now that the starting, now that Mitch got hurt last night, kind of changes, kind of changes things where now he gets to go to, not only gets to go to his hometown and get paid, but now he gets a starting position. And Alex, I mean, I mentioned it before, and I know the last podcast we were kind of talking about our expectations, but with 26 games left and we're just hanging out in the fifth seed. I mean, we're we're almost a real team at this point. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's almost time to to make a run. So, what do you what are your thoughts on Andre Drummond? Let me just. I know there's been a lot of talk about Andre Drummond, and before everyone would be like, "Oh, you like this and like that." I also like stuff just to say, like, it's a bookmark. So it doesn't necessarily mean I, I like things. Just it, it's kind of a dual, uh, I guess, reasoning for me. So you can't come back and say, well, you like this, so you think he sucks. I actually don't think Andre Drummond sucks. My whole premise about Andre Drummond is what does he bring and fit to this team, right? And I'll always say is that it's between Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, guys who like to operate in the paint and really are the focal points of this team. With Andre Drummond, I think he's a good center. I think he's fine. I think he's 
I think for what he's been, the name carries more than the production on the court for sometimes because he has been on bad teams. And I think those numbers are kind of inflated because he's had to be the, the, the de facto number one option on a lot of Detroit Piston teams. And even with the Cavs, uh, you can argue that the season he was also the de facto number one option. I don't think he's a number one option. Um, he gets you a lot of numbers, but I think he could cut back on some of that to be a more efficient player, you know. But at this point, like if you're if you're the Knicks, there's and you're thinking Andre Drummond, you know, you could look at it from this standpoint. All right, we got Mitch that's injured. We don't know what his contract negotiation outlook is going to look like. So we got Andre Drummond on the table. We could bring Andre Drummond in and we can give him a test run for this season. If we like what we see from Andre Drummond and he can fit to the system, uh, we could pay him and move Mitch because he's also 27 years old. He's kind of on that same side, like timeline as Julius Randle. Um, would he be here for longer than a four-year contract that you can give him? Probably, and that's it. Uh, you probably give him four years and then you move on. You look for another center in the draft. If you moved on for Mitch, uh, because at that point you'd have Mitch on a tradable contract, as you said, if you could negotiate that or you'll lose him and, you know, you go from there. But at, at this point, you know, the rumors out there between Drummond, Gorgie Dang, but if the Knicks go with Drummond now, I wouldn't hate it. Um, you know, the reasons why I was against it in the beginning when we talked about it is that we're talking about center depth and, we already had three. I know you're not a big fan of Taj getting minutes, although Taj has really turned back the clock for a lot of these games and play, has played very admirably, played like a true pro. I, um, I've, loved, I've loved watching. I've loved watching Taj out there. It's just it, it makes me nervous where Noel's a starter and Taj is just expected to do like 30 minutes a game. Like, what's going to happen in a playoff series? You know what I mean? We we have to think ahead. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that, and. You know, I wouldn't be upset now. So that's why I was against Drummond. Let's just clear that. I was against Drummond, not because he was terrible. I was I was against it because of the fit. And what are you saying about Mitch for a guy who we knew was going to come back? And trading for somebody who you can't flip is a different story. Now it's a buyout market. And we'd have to take on his contract too, which is the other thing. Now you don't have to pay him. Now you could pay him a minimum or a little bit more because we have that cap space. And we have to use that cap space anyway. Um or we just give bonuses to everybody, which is either way, it's not a bad thing, but you have cap space to use. So they could just test it with a test with a test run for him, right? So I wouldn't be against it now to see what happens. I wouldn't fully be against it. But then the question that comes up afterwards is like, what are we doing with Mitch? What is happening with Mitch after this with Drummond? If Drummond performs well and the team's like, oh, wow, they actually fit together. Because, you know, we know that not everyone's going to be the, here forever on this team guys are going to get moved you know we've always said frank nilakina and kevin knox are probably on the training block somehow frank has lived out all four years in new york i don't know how he's done that that man is magic i don't know what he's done he's got he's like a cat that dude's got nine lives but then you start thinking if you get drummond that mitch is on the block right so i don't know it depends you know I like Mitch. I see the versatility of Mitch defensively and the way that the league is going. You want guys who are efficient around the rim that don't need a lot of touches. And they're also versatile on defense. And the thing about Mitch is that he's so athletic, right? We keep going back that he can guard guys on the perimeter. He hedges so well when it comes to the pick and roll. And he has just great instinct when it comes to shop walking. So it's really hard for me to let go of somebody who can do that because 
he's so young. He's so raw. He hasn't had that much basketball experience. I think he started at the age of like 16 in high school. That's so late in a career, but you know, there, there's just so much untapped potential and you want to see what Kenny Payne, because thank God Kenny Payne and also shout out to Johnny Bryant are sticking around and they're not being poached from us. Love it. And I think Brock Hauer is staying around too, because I know his name was brought up as well. So we got this, we got this core staff that's here to build something. Um, I'm just so intrigued by Mitch and I want to see what happens with him. And I think now that we actually have coaching, uh, and a staff, a development staff in place. I want to see what happens, but I, I totally understand the Drummond aspect of it as well. And I, I wouldn't be fully against it, but you know, it just brings up a lot of those type of questions. How do you feel? All right. So that was a lot. Let me, let me, let me break it down a little bit. So from the Mitch aspect, the last thing you talked about is it's not necessarily a Drummond or Mitch prospect to me. I think that, Mitch Robinson is going to kind of be like humbled into a role, especially if Andre Drummond's there, which I'm going to bet to get into him and all his stats and how he is a perfect fit with the Knicks. I'm going nuts that everyone is telling me he's not a perfect fit with the Knicks and he's not a good defensive player. And it's because he's on the Pistons and the Cavs. We'll, we'll talk about that. But let me just, I mean, let me just talk about Mitch Robinson for a second. Like it, it's not, a, it's not an either or. I think talk about mentor. Like he could learn from one of the, the best centers in, in the last decade. And I, like, it's almost it's unquestionable. He is a top five center in the NBA the last decade, and if Mitch Robinson can sit there and learn from him, that sounds great to me. The other like the other guy is Noel. Like Noel's on a one year five like one year five million dollar deal. I, I, he's not like this, you know, starting center that we're gonna keep forever. Like it could be Andre Drummond and Mitch Robinson going forward. Like that's elite. You, you know what I mean? So I, that that. I don't think it's going to negatively affect Mitch, especially if the locker room culture is what it is. Like Drummond's not going to come here and mess everything up. He's going to come in here and be one of the guys. And if you know what I mean, so and like pick up. He Andre Drummond's going to say something with Taj Gibson standing right there. <laughs> you know, what? I, I I just I don't see that. So that's my that's my Mitch Robinson aspect. I think it's actually a positive thing for him, especially now that he's hurt. On the other side. Because he's not stealing his minutes. On the other side, like, okay, Andre Drummond. The, 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 the first thing that bothers me is when people say it's because he was on the Pistons and the Cavs. I get it. You want to say that he was first in rebounds from, like, 2015 to 2020 just because of he was on the Pistons and Cavs? Fine. I mean, the Knicks haven't won a game in, in a decade either. We have nobody even close that can get a rebound like that. Like, where are those guys? Like, you know, there's plenty of bad NBA teams, and nobody's posting numbers like Andre Drummond. Fine, no problem. You don't want to talk about his a double-double machine? No problem. We always like to talk about his defense because his points we can't talk about because he's unbelievable. His rebounds we can't talk about because he's literally first in the NBA in offense and defensive rebounds for the last five, six years, like, not consecutively. So th there's really nothing to talk about. So let's talk about his defense. We have his steals and his blocks. Like, the guy is, spent three seasons in the top 20 in steals per game. Was that because he's on the Cavs and Pistons and no one could do anything? Like, he's hanging out. Yes, no one wants to talk about that he spent six seasons in the top 20 in his field goal percentage. But he also spent five seasons in the top 20 in his block percentage. So what what, what is the problem? Like. It's because he's going to take up space with Randall and Barrett. Like, you watch the games, right? Me and you watch every single game. When it gets tight, 
at the end when it's like when we can't score a basket, right? You know those moments where it's just like we can't do anything and everyone's just standing around in a circle and we just give the ball to Randall and watch him work or we now we dish it off to RJ, watch him work or we dish it off to Alec Burks. And it's just an ISO game. No problem, but nobody's in the paint. Everyone tries to get to the paint. Randall's posting up in the high post or he's trying to, you know, get a mismatch on a screen so he can get a smaller guy on him and just back him down all the way in. Maybe get the fadeaway going. Like that That's the game when it's tight. And now we have Alec Burks who's able to take his guy off the dribble and no one really has three defenders. So we, we're having an advantage there. But what if nobody's actually in the paint with their back behind the basket? So I think it'll open it up for Randall. Sure, it'll be hard for him to play the high post because of that double. But if he takes that double and moves around, like we see that Randall's so versatile. I just can't see that Drummond would ruin... Randall, uh, like if you look at who Drummond has been set up with at power forward, it was always a guy like they'll put Drummond at power forward, put up a center or put another big guy next to him. Like, I don't know. I, th- like there's some things I just, it, there's just a narrative around Andre Drummond for some reason. And we're like, okay, he's really, he's, he's so good at points and he's so good at rebounds, a double, double machine. He gets like, when is getting offensive rebounds and preventing second chance rebound, like second chance points, not, you know, good defense. When is getting, being number one in defensive rebounds a problem? When is like, getting steals and blocks? And, I don't know. Setting, he could set screens. Like, sure, he's not like, he's not going to be as good as a defender as Noel. Sure, I agree. But like, we also have other defenders. Like, we're, we're the top, we're in the top five defensive teams in the NBA. So, that's really, that, that, that's really my, uh, that's really my take on uh, Drummond and, and the Mitch situation. So, yeah, John, I, I hear what you're saying about Andre Drummond, and, and, you, and you said a lot as well. So I'm going to cut it into two things. One with the Mitch and Drummond. My thing is that if we did sign Drummond, right, and, you know, there's only 48 minutes in the game, and they're both not going to be able to play the core at the same time. Drummond doesn't really have a jump shot like that, neither does Mitch. Um, so they, they you'd have to – they're going to get the, 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 distri- the distribution of minutes. It will be <laughs> one's going to favor more than the other. We saw that at the beginning of the season with Mitch and Nero and Noel. Mitch gained 20 to 30 some on minutes. Noel gained like 15, averaging 15 minutes per game. Right. So that's a big, that was, a, that's a big concern moving forward is that if you want Mitch to be the guy, he's going to need minutes to show that he can be that guy, especially if you want to evaluate him, unless you think he's only good as a backup center which I think that's too much of a cap to put on him. I think he could be much more than that, but you need to give him time to like shine. Oh, let's see what we have, what he, what we have in Mitch. With regards to the offense and to the defense, I, uh, he's not like the most worst guy on defense, but he's not the greatest guy either. He's, you know, the stuff that you don't see, right. That doesn't show up in the stats. is like, how does he cover the pick and roll? Is he good on the perimeter or like guarding smaller guards, which he's not. And in the pick and roll, he's okay. He's not great. I, Mitch is by far better with the anticipation and his mobility, but he's not a complete slouch either. Okay. He's not, you know, he does have the blocks. He's not, a, he doesn't get as high as Mitch when it comes to like blocking and getting up there. I think that's what people go for when we discuss rim protectors, but he does get good block numbers. Um, rebounding, there's no question he's one of the re- best rebounders. Offensively, here's my thing with him. We've seen him put up like 17 points per game. And he's usually getting, I think, somewhere between 
Oh, I want to say it's somewhere between. Actually, I have it up right now. Let me take a look. He, Andre Drummond, usually averages about 13 attempts per game since 2019 after his All Star, right? And he's averaged usually somewhere between 11 to 13 shot attempts this season, 15.2 attempts per game, uh, according to uh, basketball reference. My thing with that is that he's averaging 17 points, right? He's been averaging 15 to 17 points over these last couple of seasons on a lot of attempts where you can look at somebody, you know, like Rudy Gobert, right? And Rudy Gobert takes half that many shot attempts, but still gets you to 12 and 14 just really efficiently. And the thing that you want to look at, in my opinion, to see how good someone someone is in offense is, is true shooting percentage, right? Andre Drummond's best true shooting percentage was his sophomore season when he was close to 60%. Ever since then, he's been around 55 and less than, except for 2019-2020 season with the Cavs for like that short split. But even when you average that out with the with the Pistons, it still comes out to 55%. And for a center in today's age, you need that to be over 60%. Someone who lives by the rim. There's just there's and, just no there's yeah, and his and his efficiency rating has been going down during those times too. Yeah, and the thing is, like, for offense, right, you need someone who has – for center, he's got to be above 60%, dude, to make it even more effective. And I'll give you something. Jarrett Allen leads the season in true shooting percentage, and it's not saying that he's a dominant scorer. But when he gets the ball, it's just efficient. You know it's going in. And that's the thing with Drummond. Now, could Drummond – transform with Mitch Robinson. To, well, Mitch actually led the league with uh, true shooting percentage. Yeah. He's over 60%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's the same thing. He's just, oh, oh – yeah, yeah, no, he's totally the same thing. Um, and that's why we love Mitch, right? That's why we love Mitch. The dude's effective when it goes, it just, it, without the post move, you just know it's going in. Like, and that's crazy. Drummond, more offensive game. He's a true, like, he's a true NBA center from like the early 2000s, right? That man can play with the back to the basket. He can bully people in the paint. He's got a body to do so. Could Mitch absolutely learn from him? No doubt. Just watching, using, seeing the footwork and doing all that stuff. My thing, like, when we talk about Drummond being effective, right, especially on the offensive end, is that he lives in the paint and that when he gets his touches, it has to be at a higher conversion rate than he is right now. And this season, it's been bad. And especially in a contract year, you would expect someone just to like ball out. And I think that's the concern when people look at Andre Drummond is that when you look at all these numbers historically, and then a guy in a contract year who really should just be taking advantage of every single opportunity to just like dominate, you know, there's no excuse for him not to. And then to hear things like, you know, these side things, I don't really put these all into weight, but like you saw that he said, he told teammates when he went to the Cavs, it was reported that he was going to get a major contract. Like that's just like locked in, like no duh. Like any player should think like, this is the time I want to get like a max deal. Like, of course. So I'm not going to throw that against him. But the fact that, you know, there's been reports that he wasn't like, he wasn't thrilled when Jared Allen came in because he views himself as a starter. You know, that's the real thing is like when it comes to him and Mitch, going back to that is like if he views himself as a starter, then he's going to one want to get paid as a starter and he's going to want starter minutes and moving forward. Like it's fine to have him as a test run this season to see how he works. Like I said, and that's where that's, that's, that's one thing. If you're the team, you want to get a test run to see how he works. It's another thing then to think in the future, like, all right, do we want to invest in this guy and move Mitch? And that's something that, you know, me right now, uh, I wouldn't be comfortable moving Mitch. I would like to see him like, unless, you know, he's asking for yeah, something definitely. totally crazy. Unless he's yeah. like, if he's like, definitely. I want more than what Randall made and Randall's like producing an ultra level. I'm like, yo, bro, uh, I love your defense. It's great. Um, 
you should not be getting asking more for 60 million right now. And like, if he can get more, he can get more, but like the, the production, like offensively also has to step up to where he is defensively. Yes. He converts at a high rate, but the point is like not there to like where it is like at a Jarrett Allen or even a uh, Rudy Gobert level. Like Rudy Gobert got paid because you look at Rudy Gobert's stats, it's like, yo, defense, anchor. Like, no doubt about it. Mitch has been the defensive anchor as well for us. But he, like, what, what Rudy Gobert does on a whole other level, and, you know, we can joke and say Rudy Gobert doesn't really deserve that contract because he's a center, and how much does he really impact? Then it goes back to, well, it's Utah. Utah's not really a free agent destination, so I get why he got paid. You know, yeah. so it's just it's just tough. But I, I agree. Like Drummond doesn't suck. Let's just get that out there. Like he does. Anyone who says like he's he's completely like a wash talent or anything like that, he he he's not. Well, but my thing when it comes, yeah, I mean, I mean, full lo, lo, you know, full disclosure, right? Like halfway while we're literally while we're in mid discussing right now <laughs> whether the Knicks should sign Drummond or not, and whether things have changed since the Mitch injury. Adrian Wojnarowski tweets a tweet from Andre Drummond's agent, Jeff Schwartz, that he intends to sign with the Lakers. So, I mean, we're going to see. I mean, that sucks, number one, for the Knicks. <laughs> um, but number two, um, we're going to see on a live stage that he doesn't suck, man, in, in a playoff run, in the championship run. Like, they're going to yep. make a championship run with LeBron James, and we're going to see it firsthand. And Honestly, all the people that were just screaming about how Andre Drummond sucks and this and that, like, what are they going to say? I don't know, man. I, well, we'll see. We'll see what we'll, – I think the thing is that we've seen him on bad teams. And this is where it comes back to centers. Like, this is my thing about paying centers too is that centers have shown it's kind of like the running back. And shout out to Chris Herring, uh, read that article about him uh, on uh, Andre Drummond and where's the, the the architect for rebounding, right? Where's that was he, where's such a good take article. Team? That was such really a great article. article. So shout out to him. Um, and he and he does he did the comp that we talk about on the Jets pod, right? The NFL running back and the centers are probably in the same position of like value right now, where it's like they're so important for rebounds, they're so important for defense. But offensively, it's like the running back where, you know, they're not the major difference maker. It's the cherry on top, right? If you have a dominant center and you have good wings, you have a, you have good guards. If you have a dominant center, it puts you way over the top, right? Just way, way over the top. And so I think that's what people have to look at when it comes to Andre Drummond's success with Detroit, with Cleveland, is that those teams are not even set up to really win and they're asking a center in a day and age where shooting is the most prominent thing that we have for four spacing to win. You know, it's, it's, even if we went to the conversation of Joel Embiid and, uh, and, and Nikola Jokic, right. They're just on totally different levels. Like their, their range, their game is totally different. And that's why they're in a totally upper echelon category of center. But when you get down to Drummond, who's just prototypical, you know, I think the name to a certain extent has overvalued what he really is. And I think for him, you know, he's a good third, fourth option on a team. But I still like I, I hear your point about Julius Randle, like and, and the and the overlap with guys who want to work in the paint. But still, like, do you, you know, it's what does Tibbs want? If you want to utilize Julius Randle in all phases, he look like he, you know, I was doing when I was looking at, I did a piece on Lonzo Ball, right? Go check out Hoops Habit, why we should get him, and I still think we should get him this offseason. And we can actually talk about that too. You know, we can talk about how the Knicks, 
handled for, uh, the trade deadline because that is an interesting aspect. But when you look at where Julius Randle drives, he he leads the team in 50%. He, he leads, not leads, but he, he converts it so much. He converts 50% of his shots on drives, like 10.8 drives per game. He loves, to, he loves to drive, and most of his shots come from around the rim too, right? And if you want to use Julius, he's not a strict three-point shooter, but he has to be working in that paint to get his game going. That's where he starts off at every single day. So when we say fit, that's the concern because for both of those guys to get going, one has to go. It's an on and off number. And Julius Randle's usage rate has been so high. And same thing with Drummond, but it all depends on how you know Tiz would use him. I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm not totally against the idea of Drummond. I was totally against it because, like I said, we had three centers, and I it for a guy who's coming back off of a fractured hand, it didn't make sense just to bring in somebody and trade for somebody that you couldn't move. But now, you know, it would have made sense now, but as he's going to the Lakers, this is kind of a moot conversation, but I think it's still good to have this conversation because people were just slandering Andre Drummond on Twitter. And as much as I'm like, I I was like against when we had a healthy Mitch signing him and the Knicks just making a move to get a fourth center, you know, he doesn't suck. Let's just like, let's just clear that out. We have to make that very clear. Yeah. We we really did have to have to get into that, especially um, after just, like you said, just an avalanche of slander. We're gonna we're gonna see. Everyone's gonna see with their own eyes him in the championship run. But Alex, yeah, we, let's talk about the Knicks, man. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. I was gonna say the same thing. No, no. But uh, before we get into like these games, can we get into this? Uh, can we talk about the the free agency? What your thoughts were? No. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of want. Yeah, I kind of want to get to the yeah, trade agency, but I, the trade deadline. But I also want trade deadline. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, and I also want to get into the buyout stuff, right? Because okay, Drummond sounds good. He's gone. Dieng is gone. So the trade, you know, accompanying that with the trade deadline where we were super conservative and we just got rid of Austin Rivers, uh, who just got dropped and he looks like he's about to be picked up by Milwaukee. Uh, we did him a favor and us, but everyone else kind of stayed put. Mm-hmm. We kind of need everyone to play. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at uh, Iggy's gone. That hurts, but that's just like a personal thing with us, you know. Yeah, that um, really is. <laughs> uh, that's not. That's like a real. That's not a real NBA thing. I'm going well, but from the Knicks' perspective, and they were, they were super conservative. They 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 took the Alex approach, try to cast their approach, where they said, you know, we're happy with what we have. Uh, at that time, we did have the three-headed centers coming in. They were watching Mitch like run up and down the stairs for the last three weeks. It's motivating, you know what I mean? You could have just stayed home during injury time so i'm sure they like that um the guards were good even though d rose was coming back and they saw him like sit on the bench even though he was sick and he could have just stayed home and do whatever he's veteran d rose you know so they see the camaraderie they see the culture um and they didn't want to break it apart it's great and they were conservative i don't absolutely love it but i'm okay with it uh, i wish i got lonzo ball like your article talked about i hope we still get lonzo like you want to get into we still need a point guard um the buyout market is very thin there I, there's Jeff Teague who played with uh, Tibbs who didn't have a great year this year. But if we need point guard depth, we need point guard depth. And Jeff Teague can play point guard. You know what I mean? And who knows what D-Rose is going to look like. He, he like had serious COVID, according to him. And that can't be understated. Like he's probably going to have lung problems for the next 30, 40 games. And that's playoffs. You know what I mean? Like that, And that, that should be like that should, that should be a reasonable expectation for us to not expect him to be 100%, you know, going forward. In its entirety, you know, he had the pandemic virus that we're all talking about. You know what I mean? So, uh, uh, my, uh, uh, like, yeah, I, I want to get your thoughts on the trade uh, deadline and how 
the Knicks approach it. But I want to also get your thoughts on any buyout, you know, opportunities. I guess the only the only two rumors right now are I guess Olinick and Al Horford for center. But like we need a center, man. I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, and as we saw, Gorgie Dang, as you pointed out, he's gone. He's off. The other name it was Drummond, Gorgie Dang. And now it's John Henson who used to play for the Milwaukee Bucks. I would now expect him to be picked up for the for adding center depth off the the buyout market. So I'll take John Henson. Yeah, I would take him too. He's got a shot. You know, he'll open it up. He'll open up this four for them. He can play a little bit of the three. He can not the three, the four and the five based on that shot. So that's probably the direction the Knicks are going to go. Well, I'm waiting for that one. Um, he was brought up by Ian Begley on on uh, the buyout market, but. Drum, you know, um, um, Horford would be interesting. I mean, I know that Horford. That's, that's, I, I don't. You know, were they discussing buying Horford out? Is that a legit thing? Because that's expensive to buy out Horford. Oh yeah, no, I don't know because he still has two years left. I'm just saying, if if he hypothetically became available, it, that'd be fun. That'd be a fun one. Who's the guy that is Friday Night Knicks? Robert Rudolph. Dude, stop. Oh. No, no, no. I'm just Stop. saying because he, because he tweeted about Al Horford. I'm just like, I'm not buying. Oh, this he tweeted. <laughs> oh, he. Tw- I didn't even see that. He tweeted. He, if he tweeted, he is the ultimate mush. Like he is like from Bronxdale, the mush. I don't want your money looking at my money. If 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 that guy Randolph writes anyone going to the Knicks, it's over. So if yeah, he wrote say. that Al Horford's going to the Knicks, it, he just mushed it, and it's all over. So if that's the case, John Henson, yeah, it mean, is man. John Henson, mm-hmm. it is. That's what I'm saying. So I saw him talk about it. He was like, he like he quoted like uh Al Horford liking what the Knicks have. I'm like, all right, I can just I know this is not happening now. Um so I think it's gonna be John Henson at this point. We'll see what happens. We need center depth because we can't just be rocking with two guys. Uh it's it's not gonna be great. Um but looking at let's just discuss what we saw. Well, was there another question? I thought I thought I think it was just the buyout market you asked me, right? Just before we and, keep going and, on. I mean, you wanted to get into the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, I do want to about them being conservative, and you know, Lonzo Ball. Let's get a little let's get a little Lonzo Ball action. I know you you went really in depth into him and um, how he can fit into this Knicks team, and he's going to be so a restricted me- free agent with New Orleans, and. Yep. I don't know if they're going to be able to match. You know, we can kind of like we can kind of bully teams that are restricted have restricted free agents this year. For sure. So let's talk about what the happened to the trade deadline first. You know, um, so far the way that it worked with uh, the Knicks this trade deadline, we were kind of conservative as John was talking about. Um, you know, Knicks really just got to move Austin Rivers to get him out of here. Uh, we moved Iggy Rodriguez to Philadelphia. We got two second rounders. Um, protected from, uh, we got a Miami protected second rounder and we got the Philadelphia 76ers second rounder for what was it? 2021. So it will, it will, you know, it, it wasn't anything, it wasn't anything insane, but I mean, it was just trying to take over the world with second round picks. Like, yeah, I know it's uh, Joe Douglas and six round picks. It's we're, welcome to Leon Rose and, uh, <laughs> second round picks <laughs> but you know it's after that time it's after the time period where we're supposed to get the double draft so i kind of i kind of get what they're doing it's going to be valuable then right so if we do if 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 18 you go back to having 18 year olds come out of high school it it, it will be valuable at that point that means Alex, i have news for you man i know there is no way we are drafting any of these second round picks 
We're not drafting next year Dallas. Or but no, no, I'm not saying picks are getting traded. But, we'll but I'm not different over a different day. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're going to get traded. Uh, uh, no, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that you know you can use these as assets to future. It's like oh, double draft. Hey guys, we got some more second rounders if you want to take some. That's what I'm thinking about. We're not going to draft if T- Tom Thibodeau is here. We're not drafting any more rookies than <laughs> exactly. one per year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now I'm thinking we're even going to package these to move up because we're going to be a playoff team. I think we're going to package all three because they're very valuable. Uh, Detroit Pistons second rounder. That's pretty much an extended first rounder. All right. 31st pick call it a day. Um, so Devin, let's talk about the move. You. Let's I talk about you, the move. Devin. I see you. Devin. <laughs> we're paying attention to you, Booker. We see, we see those scouts playing with Chris Paul. All right. We're, we're watching out, but let's talk about, what the Knicks didn't do, which was Lonzo Ball. Uh, the competitor, Chicago Bulls, were also rumored to go hard for him. Although, as Kevin O'Connor reported, it was two second-rounders and uh, Tom, Thomas Sadaransky that the Bulls were willing to offer to get Lonzo Ball. But as we know, David Griffin said he won either a young player or a first-rounder, a good first-rounder, to move Lonzo. So that package wasn't going to work. The Knicks, it was probably too expensive for what they were thinking. If anything, I would have offered, you know, in my article for Hoops Habit, if you didn't read, uh, I was thinking the Dallas 2023 first rounder because we don't know if that one's going to vest or not. Uh, it is a top 10 protected pick. So if it goes down the lane too much, it, it's worth nothing. So maybe Griffin, pro- probably Griffin knew that too and wasn't going to accept that. But I would have been happy to send Kevin Knox and that pick to go get Lonzo Ball because what Lonzo brings, you know, People talk about him uh, not being able to drive as much. You know, well, he drives seven. He, he When he first went to the Lakers, he was averaging seven drives per game. I know it's dropped down. I think it's different when you watch that team play. If you watch the Pelicans play, they like to put the hand in. Uh, they like to put the ball in uh, Brandon Ingram and uh, Zion Williamson's hand. So there's always so limited opportunities that he can go attacking the lane. One, yeah, dude, so. once, they, once they switch to Zion Williamson point forward, they became – an incredibly better team, to be honest with you. Oh, absolutely. But that's like, let's just talk about like one reason why his drives have gone down, right? If you're watching that, if you're seeing Zion's getting more run at point forward, and if you're seeing Brandon Ingram, who's getting more touches because those are your two best offensive options, then of course the remaining options for Zoe as a shooter is to either shoot or to facilitate, which is his best, like, which is his best attributes of his game. Um, so when people talk about him not driving, I'm not too concerned. And if we saw anything from Julius Randle, who wasn't looking for players last year, who didn't have a three-point shot, uh, Julius Randle's 26 and has now transformed his game to be an NBA All-Star in the conversation for all NBA, most improved, right? Zoe's only 23. So I don't see this whole like capping him at what he can and can't do. We had his issue with him free throw shooting and shooting the ball, and he's clearly improved in that aspect. So putting a cap on Zoe and saying you wouldn't trade a first rounder for Zoe, I'm, you know, the Dallas pick. I think you could trip all. You can. I, I understand not trading the Dallas pick for this season because you can use all of it to move up. But if you're telling me you wouldn't trade a first future first for, uh, like another telling me you wouldn't trade the Dallas 2023 first for him. I don't know, man. That's kind of that's all off saying to me. I wish yeah. the Knicks did it. I get why they didn't do it. You know, we discussed this on I was on the KOT show. Shout out to Jay Ellis. And Raw Hebrew thinks there's um 
that there's already something like in the scene where everyone's in the know that Zoe's not going to stay in New Orleans, that he wants to leave, that he wants to go to a major market and that New York is probably that market because if it was, Chicago would have maybe have gotten a little bit more aggressive to get him. I don't know. It, it sounds, it you know, there's things that, that we don't hear or talk, see, you know, that goes on the NBA, like dark channels, right? That Or, or yeah, the back channels, whatever, that we, we're, we're not privy to. So maybe that's out there. But... It's Chicago, fine. The Knicks Chicago, didn't do anything. Chicago put Chicago added Vucevic and a bunch of money, so I don't know if they're going to be able to hang with the restricted free agency. You know, I don't think they the can. Knicks. Yeah, I so don't think they can. That's, that's and they gave up two. And they give and they gave up two firsts too. So and they're not. They don't have that no many trade. firsts. There's no trade for Lonzo anymore. It's just a, it's just a money thing now. And New Orleans is going to have a chance to match, and they're yep. just not going to because. We're going to overpay. But the problem is I don't want to overpay. So that was the whole thing is why I would agree with you and why I would also give up. Like, you know, the, the voucher to draft this phantom pick that's never going to get a spot in the rotation. Yeah. And my other thing is, too, is like maybe it's good to just trade a pick like that, you know, if it's not going to invest into anything that like may not invest into anything. Like at least get a test run of the guy on the team. Like at least see what he what he looks like. Like before you even make that option. Now you have to go bidding with other teams, saying, you know, you have to be so sure that he's gonna fit right in, and you have to bid for him and give him years. And I don't think, you know, people are saying twenty million. So this could be an eighty million dollar. I wouldn't be upset with eighty million dollars. Some people yeah. may, you know, if we're if you are up, we see Fred Van Vliet getting eighty five. Uh, for the hometown yeah. discount in Toronto, like mm-hmm. I would put Lonzo in that category of like Van Vliet with us, just like not that they do the same thing, but he's in that category of like, yeah, I would like this guy as a point guard on the team yeah. because he can do some of the things that we really need here. Okay. He's a connector. I think he can facilitate really well. We're talking about needing guys to push and transition. Well, this guy has his head up all the time looking to put, just shell it out to everybody. Uh, I'd be happy with it. My thing with the Knicks, and this is where I want to end off, is that I get it. I'm a little disappointed that they weren't aggressive. Now they have all this cap space, possibly up to $60 million. You have all these draft picks. All that won't vest, all right? At some point, you have to be aggressive. I get that we're clearing the books. This is found money and all that type of stuff. This offseason now is going to be telling of how this team moves, and I they should be aggressive in going for Zoe. Not super aggressive. We're breaking the bank but if you're telling me it's going to cost 20 million a year to get zoe in the house like yes we're gonna have up to 60 like yes yeah do it yeah like, I, I agree and i, and, I honestly and, i think you're right there alex i think you got it i think you got it because we know that we have the money and then we are saving that though our you know those first round picks to move like you said to be aggressive and so we can kind of have our cake and eat it too like we could have lonzo with the with the money because we're gonna have all this cap space and we could still keep that value to be aggressive, like you said, for that superstar. Yeah, and the other thing too, right? Like people are gonna say, well, you need to extend Julius Randle. That's fine. He'll still be on yeah, the, the same payment for next season. Yeah. And then you can just pay perfect him time whatever afterwards. The and then hold on, and if anyone's wondering, like, well, how's this cap gonna work? And I'm not gonna get into the numbers because I like I'm not super proficient, but I could tell you this. If a guy's been on the team, this is a soft cap league. This is not like the NFL, which is hard cap, where you have to meet the money threshold. Like you can't go a cent over. The whole point of the soft cap in the NBA is to keep guys that have been with you for long term. So Julius Randle would not hurt the cap if you paid him. So if you're thinking about, well, we got to pay Julius Randle. If we got to pay Mitch, guys who have been with the team, 
they're not going to hurt the cap that much. It's when you start spending for guys who have not been on the team. And that's also the other reason why I wanted Zoe, that if we had him, you know, it's the same thing with Drummond. It's like, okay, you have the bird rights. They go with the cap. They're friendly. So it's kind of like, uh, like I get it. Like I get that there was a limit on assets that you wanted to keep to move up. But at the same time, you got to get aggressive at some point and you got to, you know, you got, you got to, you got to spend your money to go do something in this league. So that's my thing about Zoe. We did a good job. You know, I think we did a good job uh, during the trade deadline. We didn't do anything insane. So that's what I hope for moving forward. Uh, you got anything else to add, John? No, I think I think that's good, and and I think we had a we had a really good week of basketball, uh, you know, following the deadline. Which usually I feel like we usually suck right after the deadline. It's insane, right? What is this team, man? What is this team? Um, yeah, so let's get into it. Let's get into what we saw this past week, man. Um, Alec Burks, your boy, the X Factor. Really holding it down for us, man. Let's just, he's the guy that we got to talk about because everyone played well, but this guy has just been insane with how he's been producing. What, so, oh my God. Okay. I'm, re- I'm ready to talk about this because he's been your boy. You're like, yo, Burks, Burks, Burks. I'm like, okay, the guy's been inconsistent, but like, and he's known to get hot and cold. But this, this stretch of five games has been insane, John. Insane. Here's the last, here's the last five games for Alec Burks. 21 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. 27 points, 6 rebounds, 1 steal. 20 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. 20 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. 21 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists. The man is on fire. My God. Talk about a beast. He stole the the shoes from Mike Mike. Yo, he really did. I'll I'll let you talk whimsical about this guy because I know you've been... You've been happy about him. You liked him. You liked what you saw before he got injured. So, John, what do you think about Alec Burks, your boy, the X Factor, coming through in the clutch these past, past like, five games, man? He's been balling out. He's been balling out. Yeah, dude. You, I mean, that that there's nothing more to, more to say than he is the X Factor. And it's not just the last five games, man. We noticed it in the beginning of the season. As soon, at the very, very beginning of the season, we, the first couple of games, we're watching Alec Burks. Is when, and when he's on fire, when he's efficient, the Knicks are killing. And when he, when they're, and when he's off, or when he was injured, we absolutely stunk. And that's when your boy Reggie Bullock was was kind of showing his inconsistencies because he had to play more minutes, and he was didn't really have anyone on the bench behind him. Man, I, Alec Burks is the perfect guard to have when you don't have a point guard i mean i'm not gonna slander alfred payton but clearly he's not a playmaker for his guards he is a playmaker at times for the centers and the big men i'll give him that but he's just not he doesn't create for 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 the guard so or for himself so the team now alex (laughs) Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Julius Randle who can create his own shot. Mm-hmm. We have RJ Barrett, our number two guy who is 20 years old. And then we have Alec Burks, right? And then comma, six man IQ. Like those are the people that could score the basket ball, right? Yeah. Those, those, those are the guys. And, you know, I like the, do we have a so way? Do we have Not a really. It's Reggie okay. Bullock, but it's um like Reggie, and I'll is give Reggie this. Guard? 
Reggie's a more of a shooting guard than a wing. No, he's no, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about Alec Burks. Uh, oh, Alec Burks. Yeah, he's a shooting guard. They're, he's okay. not He's, not a, he's okay. not a small forward. Um, okay. And I'll say, like, Alec Burks, you're right. He finds more so the big men than looking for the own guard, than looking for other guards. He creates for himself. You know, he's got some ISO game to him. It's, I love it, man. I really, I really like, he can come off the screen. He comes off the dribble, that elbow shot. Oh my God. The elbow is like the one that is automatic, man. And then him at the line, woof, clutch free throws at the line, especially he's a, he's last a, night. He's a professional basketball player. That's the best way I could put it. He just, what is this? What is going on, bro? How do we have a professional basketball player? <laughs> he's controlling. He's like, he, can, he controls the floor. Even his mistakes. Like when he makes mistakes, they're not like, they're not egregious mistakes. They're frustrating. Because they look like he's – it's like something so basic and he's messing up something so basic because everything he does is very fundamental. You know what I mean? He's really missed the fundamental. That, that, that's what I'll call him because even like when he's dribbling on the court, it looks like a coach, right? I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, when like a coach is like dribbling between his legs and like dribbling down the court, like, like you know, being the point guard where he's like not the quintessential point guard. Like, yeah. I don't know. For some reason, he just reminds me of like all the coaches I had. He's <laughs> Stan Van Gundy who's got some handle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, 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 we're, we're joking. But yo, he's, um, he's a beast on that. He's a beast on that handle. Behind, a little behind the back between the legs. Yeah, so casual. Yeah. I mean, him, him, and his brother played guard in college. Um, one of them, I think, played for Bonaventure, if I'm correct. So, um, out in Western New York, I believe so, if I'm correct. So, I, I'm not gonna check right now. Um, but no, nah, man, like Burks has really been coming through in the clutch. Like we've been relying on Julius Randle. Uh, for a lot of these games. And now when you have someone like Burks who's coming in, who's that X factor, and that's what you need. We've been talking about, you need three guys who can just score and help this team. And Burks has been clutch, whether it's clutch free throws at the end, like we saw against the Bucks game, whether it's just putting up 27 points, we were going against Washington, we were just dead, man. We were dead in the fourth quarter. And then we could t- we got to talk about RJ Barrett too, because RJ has just been on a whole other level uh, coming out of the break. He's really just turned it on, man. Like we, see, we saw him turn up before the break, but now he's just... We're watching legit a young man become a, a, just a full grown man at the age of 20 in front of our eyes. A man can't even get a drink. And it's just like, Jesus, the dude is just balling out too. But finish up on Burks. He's a beast. Ex- I, ex- I, I, love, I love what Taj Gibson did to RJ Barrett too when he was so off. And he kind of yep. just like told him to just man up and take – because he, he didn't shoot. Like right before that play, RJ Barrett had a wide open three. He didn't take the shot. He kind of dribbled in and did some BS where he just kicked it back out. And then he got the mm-hmm. ball back and Taj, and then he got the foul. And Taj was like, "Yo, shoot that. You're fine. Just shoot it." And like yeah. then he from that and then he like he grew up in that game. We had an RJ yep. Barrett game this week. Yep, absolutely. So last thing on Burks is that we need three guys. He's been doing it. Love seeing it. I think he's in a hot streak right now. But as long as we can get some consistency out of him, it doesn't need to be 20 points. Oh, it would be great if it be 20 points every single game. I'm not expecting it every single night that he's doing this. If he does, that's a, that's another conversation we need to have. But he gets, I hope he that – He gets the, you playoff Ws, man. He gets you yes. – this Alec Burks, like we don't recognize like, – the Knicks fans don't recognize a guy like Alec Burks, a professional basketball player like him, because he is the, the exact type of guy that gets you playoff wins. Yeah. Absolutely. These are the type of guys that you need. You know, when we when we went to the playoffs, when we had J.R. Smith win the sixth man of the year, that's essentially what we're talking about here. Like guys who like you have to rely on and get you those type of score, who can put up those type of numbers. And I don't want to get, I love J.R. I'm not going to talk about it because I'm still upset about that time. 
But um, yeah, Alex Alec Burks has been doing that. But let's go Jail on to RJ. Like Bar- IQ to me, Jail more like IQ to me. But I feel you. Yeah, well, we'll yeah, I, I, eh, well, yeah. Well, let's just go on to RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett, another guy, been top, 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 top this week, dude. RJ Barrett's game this entire week. Can we just talk about it? So, wash first game against Washington this week. His passing and just doing every like he was everywhere. First game against Washington, just like everywhere, what like rebounding, passing, scoring, like four game, just the entire thing. He was so on point. Like he was playing out of it, like on such a high level of efficiency at all area, all facets of the game. It was just so, just amazing. Just to watch this guy just start to transform before our eyes. And then we get to we get to the second Washington game on Thursday. Star and swell. You have Russell Westbrook blocking four of his shots, you know, all in the first first half and some in going into the third quarter. But then that tip in by R.J. Barrett would, would really turn that game around, ending the third, going into the fourth and him just screaming to everybody, like, let's go. Let's go. Like, that's the type of shit I, I got. I got to curse, man. That's the type of shit I love, man. <laughs> Seeing a competitor get on the court, just hyping his team up, saying, no, we're going to do this. I will not lose. Like he, you saw, he had the will to win in his eye at the beginning of the season. When he saw, when we saw that he was just upset and just confused at why he wasn't making uh, the NBA all rookie team. And but I'm not even going to say the guy who's on the Raptors who got, by the way, cut, who made that all rookie team. Cause that's just a travesty. And to you, uh, Mr. John Hollinger, you need to do some more evaluation and better talent evaluation on disrespecting our guy, RJ Barrett, because this man, after that tip in came in, collected himself, start facilitating, started scoring, needed baskets. Of course, we had the help of Alec Burks and IQ that game. But you just saw a guy who was a leader just come into the game and just really hold it down for us, especially after Julius Randle got a, a thigh contusion, wasn't able to play. He said, you know what? I'm the 1B. I'm going to show you why. I'm going to show you why I'm the 1B of this team. I'm going to show you why you rely on me. And he did that, man. He really put it through, and I, I just love him for it. And he's just been playing at such a great level, dude. I R.J. Barrett, at the age of 20 years old, he's only 20 years old. The guy who people were saying to G League is coming into his own right before our eyes and looking like a potential all-star, dude. Just looking like a potential all-star. I love it. I just love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm tell- yeah, I, I agree. He, he grew up, and he's only 20 years old. He grew up right in that game, right in front of us. I, I was calling him Jimmy Butler. Like he was giving me Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler vibes. I kind I uh, I got I got put in my place by uh, David Zenin, who is uh, NCAA men's and uh, NBA skills coach on Twitter. He was like, "Yeah, kind of give you like he agreed with the Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler vibes, but he also said he's more like DeRozan with a with the defense because he can quote boogie. Jimmy Butler can't boogie like R.J. Barrett." Like mm-hmm. that's that's some that's some high praise, man. Um, and, and I kind of agree with it. He he does give me that DeRozan Butler, you know, vibe. And he's twenty. He's twenty years old, and people around the league respect him. Obviously, uh, your your boy Adam Silver doesn't. Um, that's a different story. He's just trying to stick to his his agenda, Alex. His USA versus international agenda. Um, mm. anyway, <laughs> uh. RJ Barrett, man, he's we can't trade him. And no I'm starting way. to get worried about it. I'm starting to get worried about it. Uh like for the superstar. Like everyone keeps talking about superstar, superstar, superstar. Who are they gonna ask for now that Mitch is, you know, 
getting hurt a lot. Um, it worries me. Because uh, it's going to be one of IQ or RJ for one of these guys. So I don't mean to put a hamper on the situation, but he's becoming so good. And I, I honestly see him becoming an all-star in this league within like two, three years. How do you feel about that? Is that like a, is that like a hot take? Am I being crazy? I honestly would not be surprised if he made all-star next year. <laughs> <laughs> next year is pushing it, but I, I wouldn't be insanely surprised if we're doing something like this. You know what I mean? If um, his... If, if his numbers stick like this, I could, I could, he, he's going to be a fringe candidate next year for sure. But like, yeah. if he's a fringe candidate next year, that means in the next two, three years, like he's 100% making it, right? 100%. No, 100%. No, I agree with you. Two, three years, he should absolutely be a lock in. I just say I wouldn't be surprised because we've just seen, you know, we've just seen the transformation before our eyes. Like, dude, the way he's playing so far, just really impressive. Let me let me just read off some stats for you right now, just to show you what RJ has been doing as a as a as a total this entire season. Right, he's averaging thirty four minutes a game. He's averaging forty four point five field goal percentage, thirty four point two three point percentage. He's just a bit shy. Thirty five point seven is the league average. He's not too far. He jumped his free throw percentage from sixty six to seventy three point four this season. And obviously, his rebounding his reboundings are still there. His assists have gone up. I dude, it's it's make it. He's averaging 17 points more than uh, what he did last season. I honestly, if he's made this is a huge jump, by the way, huge, huge jump that he's done, like for an overall game adjustment. And of course, the boogie that you're talking about, how he does a snake dribble, like he he knows how to use his body to bump guys from behind him, how to then attack to 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 hesitate and just to 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 do the double to do a pump double pump like you see you're starting to see it that this whole game is just coming around if he could take it to another level next season where he's really just fluid and like facilitating and you know that three ball is above league average i don't know how you can't like i get like this especially in the east the east is different than the west right the west is just stacked with a lot of talent that's why mike Connolly. Guys like Devin Booker were like questionable, like, eh, can we give it to these guys? There's so many other guys in this conference that are also deserving. In the East? Look, man, I don't know. I think I, he has a really – I think if he improves this – if he keep, continues to improve this way, I could definitely see it next season. But I agree, two, three years, he's an NBA All-Star. No doubt. No doubt about it. And we can't trade him. I think he he's untouchable. Yeah, you, he has to be. He, he's he's – not only is he untouchable for the skill, but for the culture that he adds to this team and the the determination to win. You can't to find guys like that. You don't trade those type of guys. That's that just changes everything. Whole, yeah. That's a culture changer right there. There's no way you can trade him. It's, he yeah. he he has to be untouchable. Um, but yeah, that I agree. And other My- other than Alec Burks and R.J. Barrett, man, what else did you see from this week that you want to talk about? Um, I guess shout out to. Shout out to Obi Toppin for coming in yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. And people have been yelling at him to be in the G League. Shout out to him for, you know, stepping up a little bit. But I guess my my number one guy that's under the radar this week is Noel, man. Nerland's Noel is getting paid one, one year $5 million. And he is, by far, has been the most important person on our whole team the entire year. If it wasn't for Nerlens Noel, we'd have no center all year. We'd have nothing. We'd have no defense mm-hmm. in the paint. 
We wouldn't even be close to top defense in the league. We would have his like his uh you know like when you do trades uh the trade machine and it says like you know green plus you know uh like wins and losses like it, it would be minus like ten wins I feel like without Noel this year. So shout out to Noel for just holding it down, taking the heat from the. Uh, from the Knicks fans about how like he'll get a, a turnover or two, like a silly one at that. Mm-hmm. But you know, shout out to him, man, for and he's we're gonna he's gonna, we're gonna <laughs> it's ridiculous to say this out loud. The New York Knicks are gonna go as far as Nerlens Noel takes them, and that's just the reality of the situation. That's a fact, man. I can't just dis- I can't disagree with you on that. Um, Nerlens Noel has been a has been you know. He's been an anchor while Mitch has been out and will have to be as Mitch is out again. So I, I totally agree with Nerlens Noel. Definitely an unsung hero. I know he was getting a lot of crap at the beginning of the season and kind of rightfully so because he wasn't playing like in rhythm, but now he's playing in rhythm and he's been really good. I guess the last thing I want to say is that, um, and these are just going to be quick hit topics. IQ, he's starting to shoot better this, uh, this past week, um, especially from three. The last three games, he's shooting over 40% from three. Awesome. He's averaged 14, 16, and 13 points coming back off the bench, which, you know, like what we said, man, he comes, he comes off the bench. It's it's better for him, easier for him to, to adjust. We needed him to start, but I really like him coming off the bench, especially now that we got Derrick Rose back. Derrick Rose, we saw that offense move differently yesterday. Um for two reasons. One, without Julius Randle, it just looks different when you're – It, it we kind of went back to the traditional, like, basketball game where, where we had, like, a point guard, shooting guard, small – it felt so traditional because you had Taj, who was, like, a power forward, and he didn't shoot threes, but he shot, like, nothing further than, like, uh, the elbow. It was really old, man. It was, like, really old-school basketball that we saw, like, er, late 90s, early 2000s. It was really fun to watch, and it just moved a lot different yesterday. Uh, but, you know, D. Rose coming back, pushing the pace – like, of course, he's coming back from COVID. Hopefully, he starts to feel better soon. It's it's no joke. Uh, really is no joke how much of an impact that is. You know, I had it, as you know, John. It, it really impacts your body, just everything about it. It's nothing easy to come back from. It takes time. So, and D, D- Rose is a professional athlete, so I can only imagine what uh, he has to do to get back on track. But he looked good yesterday, man. He looked good playing. The offense moved a lot. Uh, offense was moving at a faster pace. It was great. Um yeah, that's, those are all the the top points, and hopefully Julius Randle comes back soon. I know he's day to day with thigh contusion, but he's our NBA All Star, and you know that game against Washington where he had I think seven out of ten threes that was insane. That was that was wild. That was wild. That game that game was crazy, dude. You know the Julius Randle game was insane, but yeah, I, I we kind of knew he was going to come off slow the next game. He's I mean he's been getting crazy minutes, dude. Uh, it's going to happen that he's going to have to take some load management. He's fine. He did. Yeah. He did get a Charlie horse, though. Yeah, worst feeling, worst feeling possible. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's that's what I got to say about this week. Uh, you got anything else to add? Yeah. No, that's it. And I'm I'm excited for next week's schedule. It's a it's a it's a fun schedule. It is a it is a fun schedule. So let's get into. Uh, Let's get into the New York Knickerbockers and who they're facing this week. And we're not going to cover Monday's game. Uh, That's a fun one. It is a fun one. But, I mean, did anything material change? Let me ask you that question. I mean, it's the Miami Heat. Did anything materially change? I guess if Julius Randle's out, then yes, that materially changes everything. But for everyone, 
you know, they, who's they, listening? This comes stay, out on Tuesday. I mean, they got Depot. Yeah, I'm not too worried about Depot. What do you mean? That's a material change, bro. True. Honestly, it's a material. No, no. It's a material. It's a material change. People are gonna hear this on Tuesday, so we'll talk about our prediction, how we felt about it. But who do we have win this game? I know. I know. I had Milwaukee. I know we had a split in Washington. Yeah. Well, I was wrong about this. Well, do we both? I think Ricey. Ricey chose three and one. Yeah. So Ricey already won <laughs> by default because he got <laughs> we got the three wins. Um, so you and I both had the Washington split. They won both of them, which amazing. Just amazing. Uh, love it. Three-game winning streak. But let's talk about it because it is a material change. If Julius Randle doesn't play and the Miami Heat have Depot, and if we don't have Reggie Bullock, who Julius Randle's favorite guy in the two-man game, it does change everything. So you're right. It, it is a material change. So I guess for everyone listening, we got this right. Uh, <laughs> you want me to tell you? You want me to tell you something? Yeah. I think the Knicks are going to well, win this game. You think the Knicks are going to win this game? Yep. You, you have, all right, I want to hear this one. Because Depot, Depot getting inserted into the lineup is going to mess things up. It's not going to be as uh, efficient and as coherent as you expect it to be. I can see that. Yeah, I can yeah, see yeah. that. The Knicks are going to win this game. It's going to be they're going to the, the the Heat are going to running they're going to be running a lot of like ISO weird stuff. That's what happens when you get a, a guy that comes in first game. Yeah, time. no, that's that's very true. And they also got rid of uh, Nick Killer Kelly Olynyk, and they don't have Marcus Aldridge. So those I are all good not, things. So Aldridge, but they had Aldridge in Brooklyn. So that's a- that team. <laughs> that team's just ridiculous. We're going to talk about more of that later. So I actually kind of agree with you. I can see us. Yeah, I can see us beating. You know, I actually I had them beating Miami last week too. But I'm going to stick with it. I still see us beating Miami. Um, and I think even without Julius Randle, we're going to see R.J. Barrett come out with those those demon eyes, man. We're going to see him come out with those demon eyes like, nah, I want to make a statement. So It's going to be hard, but yeah, I hope. I, it's, going hoping- be a, it's going to be a hard-fought battle tomorrow, man. You and me are going to probably be right? texting. Yeah, we're going, to, we're going to be texting each other back and forth about that game. It's going, to, it's, going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. But I think we got both of them winning. So let's talk about the this upcoming schedule for what we got, right? This week, besides uh, – Besides Miami on Monday, and you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday, we got the Minnesota Timberwolves. We're at Minnesota on Wednesday. We then come back home to face the Dallas Mavericks on Friday. What a game. Then, what a game, bro. What a game. My goodness. Then we got the Detroit Pistons on Saturday, so we got a back-to-back. Then for Monday. In Detroit, man. Yeah, no, we're in Detroit for that one. And So we're in Minnesota, back home, then back to Minnesota. I mean, then back to Detroit. Yeah, we're home for Dallas, then back to – yeah, we go to Minnesota, back home for for Dallas, go then on a back-to-back to Detroit. And then Monday, we're on the road still against – Quote-unquote. The Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, quote-unquote. We're on the road against the Brooklyn Nets. So, John, what do you got for the record this week? Are you seeing – 0 and 4, 1 and 4. I mean, I'm sorry. 0 and 4, 1 and 3, 2 and 2, 3 and 1, or 4 and 0. Man. This is tough. The Timberwolves, we have to beat the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves is more of a, I feel like a game plan game. We can game plan against Anthony Edwards, have 
Carl Anthony Towns do his thing. But we play good defense. I feel like we could squander teams like that. Um, but if we beat Miami, there's no way we're going to beat Minnesota. So I'll take the Minnesota win. They have a kind of a weird schedule. The Mavericks have a tough schedule, but they're going to be in Brooklyn. Um, to be honest with you, I think the Mavericks are going to beat us. And I think that we're going to all be very upset and frustrated because I think Luka Doncic is going to absolutely kill us. Um, and it's going to hurt me inside. And I even want to go to that game. And I know we're going to lose. Uh, but I hope we win. Okay. Um Here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. Flying to Detroit on that Saturday is a loss to me. From the Friday in New York, Dallas game, where it's going to be a lot of energy. Porzingis here, Luka here, the whole thing. And then going to Saturday to Detroit, that's a loss. So, you know what? Give Give me the Mavericks win. Timberwolves win. Pistons loss. And obviously Nets loss, man. Come on. 2-2. Yeah, I could see 2-2. Yeah. So, I'm going to take us beating Minnesota. I just can't see us losing to Minnesota. uh, For such a... They're such a terrible team, dude. They're really terrible. Can I I say one thing? Can I say one thing? Sure. The Nets play Sunday at Chicago. And then they come home and they play us on that Monday. Could I have one win? I just I have no idea who's gonna play for the Nets, but I'm I'm, I'm you know what? I'm taking that Nets. I just I need that win. I need a Dallas and Nets win in one week. I just need it. Oh my god! I, this I fan base, this fan base will break break the internet. Um, and I need Tibbs to beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. Give me the three one. Just give me the three one. You want? You the got the three one loss. I'll take the Detroit loss in Detroit. Bad loss. We don't care because we're think it's wedged in between Dallas and 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 Brooklyn Nets games that oh, we really right. care about. Oh right, John, you go for that three one. I like it. I like that. I like that energy. I like that energy. Um, I got us beating Minnesota because they're just a downright terrible team. I think we're gonna come back and I think we're gonna beat the Dallas Mavericks too. I actually feel like this is a good. I feel like this is a good statement revenge placeholder in our building. We got the villain. And I don't even need to say his name. If you're a Knicks fan, you know what I'm talking about. He's coming back to show his face around these parts. And I think Julius Randle, if he's healthy this game, I think he's going to say, look, man, I'm the guy. All right. I'm the king of this castle. And so, and I think he's going to, I think he's going to say, I think he's going to make a statement. So I got the Knicks beating Dallas too. I'm not, I don't think Dallas is that they got Luca. Sure. They haven't really been fully great this season, but I, I could see the Knicks being Dallas. Now, here's where it gets a little tricky because you did point out, I do want a Nets win. I do want a Nets win. I want to beat the Nets so bad. I just find it so hard, dude, with that. I just find it so freaking hard. It's just so hard for me to actually. But if there's any time, it's now. It is. There's still still, no one's played this, that, and and they're going to be traveling from that Sunday versus a really good Chicago team. Uh, it's, it's going to be you know, no. so like that that it's interesting it's an interesting spot for them and we're going to care know. so much about that game being the word you know the statistically worst team the question is is that do they swap it and get ready because they know they want the they know they want the smoke on that day you know what i mean where will they willingly like play down and not Dude, care about chicago point, 
listen, Alex, at this point, man, they could literally say, you know what? We're going to have Aldridge, Blake, and Harden play one game. And then the next game, we're going to rest, and Kyrie and KD are going to come back their first game back. on. You know what I'm saying? Like, they could literally do that. <laughs> like, why not? Yeah, for sure. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. I'm just hoping that the chemistry is off because it, it, it's still early, man. This is, this is going to be their first week. And who knows if Kyrie's back from his birthday break yet. Yeah, I hear you. Makes sense. Uh, I hope you're right, and I hope I'm wrong on this. But I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Detroit win, and fortunately, I'm gonna see the Brooklyn loss. I hope I hope I'm wrong, and I hope you're right. I got three one as well, but I really hope that is the Brooklyn. I can care too. I could care less about Detroit, but I'm gonna go with the uh, the betting odds here and just. Feel it out that because Detroit's another terrible team, man. They're just so they're just so bad. They're Dude, just so did bad. you see Isaiah Stewart uh, fight Blake Griffin? It was great content. Ooh, I gotta go check that out. Isaiah Stewart. Oh, yeah, things were things were First chippy of all, between Blake Griffin and Detroit, man. Things were chippy. He was dunking and then yelling, "I still got it!" And there's no like the fans are still okay. You could hear yelling. <laughs> it was it was a chippy game. Isaiah Stewart got thrown out. It was a whole thing. Shout out to you on Isaiah Stewart, though. You were talking about Isaiah Stewart. Bro, I love uh, him. He's so good. He's, yeah, but he's, he's talking a, about quintessential centers. You would hate him. <laughs> he's like, he's such Dude, a Dude, I, 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 him, watching him set a screen just hurts. No. Oh, oh my God. I, that's the thing. Look, I need IQ to have that. Like, or RJ. A, a bone crushing, like a bone crushing, a bone crushing uh, screen setter. Like Isaiah, or even oh Randall. Or even Randall. Like, imagine yeah. Randall could just take that off the block and just get a huge screen. Like, he'll be open every play. It should be illegal having brick walls on the court, but somehow Isaiah Stewart exists. Um, <laughs> dude is insane. But I got – that's it. That's it for this section. We both got 3-1. Uh, the only difference is that John's got us being Brooklyn and losing to Detroit. I got the – I got vice versa. So I think that covers it up for the Knicks section, John. Ready to take this break and uh, get into the et cetera? Yeah, let's do it. We're going to talk about your favorite team, the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Oh, boy. I'm so excited. <laughs> What's good, everyone? And we're back from the break. John, what do we got for et cetera? For et cetera, man, I, I want to get your take on the big NBA trades first. The big one we kind of touched is... Vooch, man. Vooch to Chicago. That's a, that's, a, that's a big trade. We have LaMarcus Aldridge coming to the Nets on not a trade, but it feels like a trade. <laughs> uh, but that wasn't yeah. any trade. Or or any other. You know, there's a lot of big moves uh, at the deadline. Fournier going to Celtics. Uh, I know we had our eye on him. Aaron Gordon making moves. Uh, any, uh, like any, what were your favorite moves? Uh, what were you surprised about? Teams that won, lost, anything. What were your, what were your thoughts on the NBA uh, deadline and the buyout deadline? You know, even throw Andre Drummond to the Lakers. Uh, how do you feel yeah. like uh, this is going to shape up the league? Um, it was a big move for Chicago. Don't forget Denver, bro. Don't forget. I need, I need some. I need some Aaron Gordon, Denver. You know, you're our Denver guy. I love what Denver did, but um, I'm going to save that for for last. I'm going to go through what I feel first. So Vooch, big trade. Happy that he's out of Orlando, which seems just to be a destined eight, seven seed team uh, every year, except for this season. Um, happy for him to be moving and go to uh, like a major market and to get a chance to shine with Zach Levine. I think now they got really good offensive weapons with him. You got Levine, Vooch, you got White. 
that's a really good team you got over there. Um, a fit with Markkinen is going to be interesting. I think they move off from him because I don't think I could. I don't think they see that working. Uh, shocked that they were even trying to move him because he's going to enter a restricted free agency. You know, that's interesting to me. I, I was shocked that they didn't move him. I think they're going to try to give it a, a test run and then say, we'll see how this works. Um, but I think the real winner of that, of the entire day in that trade is Orlando. Honestly, they got three first rounders. They got RJ Hampton. They got, uh, you know, that, they got they got RJ Hampton from Denver. That Denver trade was so interesting because it was they gave up Aaron Gordon. Uh, they gave up Aaron Gordon to get essentially Orlando got back Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first rounder. That was I knew Gary Harris was going to get moved. Um, I guess we're doing the Denver talk right now. I knew he was going to get moved. <laughs> who won that? Uh, trade? Who won that trade? Oh, Orlando won that trade. I yeah. like I. I this is why, because trade. I I think they both won it, but I'm going to, like, I give the edge to Orlando, like, winning the day overall because they needed to reset. They just went super young and got draft capital for guys who were, were just, they were a consistent eight seed, and they now they're going, they're entering a rebuild, which I think that team needed for such a long time. So that's why I think they win. Obviously, it's draft assets. I like Gary Harris. Gary Harris was... Did a lot for Denver, but he was kind of in that middling, like on a decline for a guy who's now been injured and wasn't producing, getting you the 17 points a game that, you know, like how we're expecting out Alec Burks. That's what you were supposed to be expecting out of Gary Harris. He wasn't doing that. So I understood why he had to move, but I like what Denver, I love Denver getting Aaron Gordon. Don't mistake that. I think now that you have a guy who can play either. You know, I know he's a power forward, but he can kind of play the three. He's very versatile. Like he's very mobile, very athletic. For Denver, this is awesome because now you have a guy who can score, who can give you something solid on defense. And shout out to Chip Murphy, our guy who loves Orlando and, you know, did a whole write-up about Aaron Gordon. I, res- I would recommend going out to check his piece about Aaron Gordon, just seeing how good he is because I think he's gotten that stench of just like, oh, it's Orlando. They don't really do anything. He seems overhyped. He's a really good player. I like Aaron Gordon. Um, I just, you know, for Orlando, I didn't see him doing much this season, but I think for, for, I think for the Nuggets who also got JaVale McGee, you know, the Nuggets now get a backup center behind Jokic. They need some rim protection. They need some help there because Hergenstein was just not cutting it. And then for Aaron Gordon, if he comes off the bench, which I think he might, that bench is looking pretty good, man. You have Monte Morris, Aaron Gordon, JaVale McGee. And you have uh, 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 Facho, my God, uh, Campazzo. That that's that's a fun bench unit, man. With uh, with uh, Jamichael Green, that's a fun bench unit to use. Like, I like I like what Denver did. I think if they keep raising their standard, uh, their uh, their standards, their standings, um, Jokic is gonna get the Joker's gonna get the MVP, man. He's leading right now. He's currently the favorite. Uh, according to betting odds. So I agree. Uh, they were currently fifth in the West. They really turned around, you know, Michael Porter Jr. I know I wrote about him coming off the bench, but he's been looking good in the starting rotation. He's starting to get his footing. Um, him, Jokic, Murray, Millsap, uh, Barton. They all look really good, man. They all are playing really well. I like, I like what I'm seeing. Um, 
it, yeah, I, the Nuggets are going to be fun to watch. They're back to being fun again. Uh, they lost a lot of guys, but I think getting Aaron Gordon or a place for Jeremy Grant is a nice consolation prize. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, man, I'm really excited for Levine and Vooch. I'm excited for Gordon. I'm excited to try to steal Mo Bamba from Orlando. <laughs> I'm excited to steal Lonzo Ball. It's going to be a fun offseason with no superstar names. Um, I'm excited for it. And I'm kind of shocked that the Clippers didn't do anything crazy. I, I, I was like, I, I honestly really thought that Kyle Lowry was going to show up there at some point. Like, just, like, at the end of the day. I, I kind of have this, like, dream case scenario where Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard are going to come to the Knicks next year. But that's a different story for a different day. Let's just stick to the Tuesday NBA TNT slate. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on, one, hold yeah, on before you, one second. Uh, ooh, I thought he was going – I just want to say Aaron Gordon's going to be in the starting rotation. They're actually moving Paul Millsap to the bench. They that should do Paul Millsap. This is his last year. He's going to retire. Yeah, no, no. Year. It's just interesting. So him in the first unit now with Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon, that's going to be that's going to be fun. I just want to say, I just want to clarify that up. Dude, Aaron Gordon's a monster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Aaron Gordon's a monster. He's underrated because he plays in Orlando. Yeah. Um, and because of that stupid dunk contest. Anyway, which I really liked. Anyway, um, the first <laughs> game of the Tuesday slate are the Charlotte Hornets and the Brooklyn Nets. And the Charlotte Hornets, even though LaMelo was out and everyone threw them out in the garbage, they've been playing pretty well, man. Um, they're going up, up, up against the Brooklyn Nets. That's going to be a, a good game. And as we mentioned, the Brooklyn Nets have so many primetime games. This is another one. Um, it's going to get exhausting for them. But let's see. Harden's been on an absolute tear. Absolute tear. Brooklyn Nets have Spencer Dinwiddie coming. I mean, they have everybody joining their team. They're looking good, man. Their bench look Nick Claxton looks good. Joe Harris looks good. Mm-hmm. They're looking good out there, man. Kyrie when he's playing is looks amazing. What do you got in this game? Hornets Nets. I gotta go with the Nets, man. Harden's been playing on another level recently. Yeah. He I know they have him in the MVP conversation. I really don't think he should even be in the MVP conversation. I don't know how you can have someone who is just I find that to be atrocious, honestly. Like You're I get just it. trying to make the point that he's really good because he keeps winning, and like NBA Player of the Week, NBA Player of the Month, like uh, Eastern play. Like he literally keeps winning every single award for best player every single week, every single month. So I get it, but honestly, just on principle, due to the fiasco he did it, it with uh, Houston, he cannot exactly. win the most valuable player of the NBA this year. He just exactly, can't. and that is why I find it to be disrespectful for guys like Jokic. You get, like even LeBron, dude. Like, come on, you can't have a guy who's just. Throwing up, uh, <laughs> he was just throwing up a tan- like a tantrum. Didn't want to be there, doing everything. Put on a fat suit. It looked like, come on, you no, I, I can't, I can't tolerate that for MVP votes. But he has been playing damn well. So I got him uh, being the Hornets. The Hornets are exciting. Sad that Lamelo is out, but I, I got the Nets winning. What you got? Who do you got? You got the Nets, Hornets. What do you? Yeah, think? I got the Nets. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, I, the, well, the, the Hornets are on a, a nice, nice little streak. So I mean, you can catch them slip, slipping, but I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Yeah. Look, they just beat Portland too, uh, recently, and that was that was a shocker. I did not expect that one. 
Um, yeah. Yep. So then we got. Oh, dude, this is. All right. So this is the. This is the. Th- Thursday, April first schedule. Just to clarify. Um, then we got the Denver Nuggets at the LA Clippers. Your boy, Denver. What do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you think? That's a. That's actually. That's a, that could be a nice playoff series, man. What do you think and- about that? Talk about a revenge playoff series, right? Because uh, yeah, came down three nice, one. Man. I like it. I don't know. I don't know this one. This one's so tough. I actually like. Um... Whew. I know Aaron Gordon's day to day, but uh, if he comes back for that game, probably. I don't know. Prime I time, like man. it. I like it then. I kind of like it for the Nuggets. I kind of like it for the whole, uh, the whole like Jokic MVP narrative that he comes in, comes through. Because this is the thing: the Clippers don't really have good internal defense to stop Jokic. Like they're a high-scoring team, and the Nuggets can score. Obviously, the Clippers are way better at scoring, and they're a better defensive team. But it's going to be interesting because the Clippers now got rid of Lou Will. Right. And that was their bench scoring. I know that they have to rely on, uh, they got to rely on, uh, what's his name? Uh, Luke, uh, no, uh, Luke Kennard. So is he really going to give you those type of numbers on a consistent basis to really throw it over a team? I don't know. Um, I kind of, I kind of like the chances I, I think with Denver this game, honestly. What do you got? Yeah. I mean, I, I just like Denver, but um, what's going on with the Clippers, man? What's happening? Why can't they get it together? Is it because they don't have a point guard? I know they got rid of Lou Will. And they got and Rondo. I know they got Rondo. So they have a point guard now. I mean, they, they, they're trying to make moves. I know we didn't even mention them in the, you know, in the trades up top, but do you think, do you think that, you know, this, this is going to change their momentum because – Honestly, this is the type of team that beats Denver. You know, a team that's, you know, holds them in, in without transition, holds them in the half-court game, annoys the hell out of Jamal Murray, you know, on ball. And mm-hmm. then they have some defenders who could just, like, hang out with, you know, Joker. Yep. Not have him get a triple-double. Yeah, you know, the the Clippers are on a five-game winning streak. So it's not we're saying, like, why aren't they winning? But it's the play style that they've been going through. Like, they've been winning – but it's there's been some very convincing wins. But like when they were down against the Hawks and they had that amazing comeback, you know, we're talking about Luke Kennard just like shooting them out of like a hole. So that's what I'm saying. Like you're good. Are you telling me you got rolling on Luke Kennard now on every single night to really give you these type of Lou Williams-esque numbers that we've had throughout the previous seasons? I'm not buying it. <laughs> so it's yeah, fair. Um you know, I know he's a good three-point shooter and whatnot, but there's a reason why he's only averaging seven points per game. And, you know, eh, like, eh, I don't know. I, I could see the Clippers winning because they are the dominant team, but I feel like this is the game that the Nuggets come out and just say, hey, we're here, make a statement game. That's all I'm I'll, I'll take the Clippers. Yeah, that's fine. We can, we can, we, we can't be agreeing on every yeah. single thing. That's, that's yeah, just wild. 
But we could talk. Let's right, before we, before we sign off, let's talk about this trade since you brought up with the Clippers and the Hawks. What do you think about it? I mean, I think it's a great move for the Clippers to bring in Rondo, someone who obviously playoff Rondo is a real thing. He turns it up. Also, he sets the tone in the locker room. Also, you can tell Beverly to just shut up. Like, not many <laughs> people can do that. Like Rondo could just be like, "Yo, shut up." Like you know, like Kawhi just sits there, doesn't talk. Paul George has no gets no respect. Um, Rondo could just be like, "Listen, bro, see my rings? Shut up and sit down." And so you kind of need that. And you know, I, I I think that I think that Lou Williams saying that he's gonna retire and he's like, "All right, whatever, I'll just go to Atlanta." It was kind of Atlanta punting. They're like, "Damn, this didn't work out." You know what I mean? But it's so weird because Atlanta is good in the East. Like they have a, they're they're fight they're just they're right with the Knicks. Um I'm really hoping this makes them way worse. They're 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 really weird with their acquisitions. Them and Bogdanovich are having problems with both of them. Um they're like, oh, our roles weren't what they told us. So they had a weird offseason. Yeah, they really did. Um I, you know how I feel about Atlanta. I don't believe that hype for one second until I actually see it in the playoffs. So I agree with you. I like it for the Clippers. Lou Will is kind of like, he's going back home. He's from Atlanta. So good place to retire team used to play for Atlanta too. So full circle, I guess, if you, if you'll say, um, yeah, this, that, the move didn't really, I don't know if anyone necessarily, I guess like the Clippers barely won. Cause they got Rondo and playoff Rondo is a legitimate thing. Um, but I don't know if like anyone's like. I guess that's all. Like the Clippers are the victors, but doesn't really feel like a real win for either one team. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Well, if you got nothing else, John, I think this is a good place you think, to. You think you think you think Rondo's gonna be a difference maker in the playoffs? I think he will. Absolutely. Playoff yeah, Rondo's a thing. We, I agree with you 100%. Playoff yeah. Rondo's a thing. Um, if they get to the playoffs, yo, watch out. <laughs> we saw what he did with the Lakers last season. Watch yeah, out. Him and Kawhi. Him and Kawhi. <laughs> and even, might be scary in the playoffs. And playoff, and P, even, of course, your boy. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> and even what we saw with him with uh, Jimmy Butler and D. Wade in Chicago, like that's a real thing. It, playoff Rondo's a yep. legit thing. Don't, yep. don't doubt it. Um, John got me on that last season. Um, so... I think with that, John, this is a good place to end it. Yep. Um, so for everyone out there, thank you for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Please make sure to give us a five-star review if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Also, keep in mind that we're available on all other streaming platforms. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, you name it, we are there. On top of that, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Nick's, comma, Jets, comma, ETC, period. Okay? We all, John and I love to engage with you, talk, hear your thoughts. So you can find us on Twitter. That's where we are most of the time, engaging with with everybody in, uh, in the sports world. So make sure to check us out there. And make sure to check out Jet, uh, John's stuff over at the Jet Press. And you can find some of my stuff over at nicksfantv.com. Oops, habit part. And uh, yeah, if you like sports banking over at the Dallas site too. So with that, thank you guys very much. We'll catch you later this week when we talk about the New York Jets. Let's go next.